Welcome to Harbor for the Arts, where opera, the performing and creative arts meets lifestyle. I'm your host, opera singer Brie Cooper. I'm an actress, arts advocate, and a whole lot of other multi-hyphenates. This episode is brought to you from our partners, Wild Skin Science. Their vision is to lay the foundation for sustainable and responsible beauty and wellness products. And if you go to the website, www.wildskinscience.com, you can get up to 75% off. And if you use my code, Brie Cooper Metso, you can take an additional 10% off. And I'm also going to have this listed in the show notes as well. Now, let's get on with the show because I'm so excited for our guest today. His name is Jordan Pitts. He is a tenor. Um, Mr. Pitts has been recognized for his heroic, passionate, and bewitching performances, both on the operatic stage as well as in concert. He has made guest appearances on NPR, WQXR, New York One, and ABC News, as well as featured in the New Yorker magazine and the London Times International. So uh, that is so amazing. Please tell our listeners a little bit more. Thanks so much, Free. I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm really thrilled to be here. I mean, that's that's all my stuff in a nutshell. It's like weird to hear out loud, you know what I mean? You're um, you're you're killing it. You're killing it. Girl, thank you so much. Yeah. Today we're gonna talk about a somewhat taboo subject, competition and colleagues. You know, who would you call a colleague? When does it cross the line and become competition. I don't know if you've ever dealt with that, but I've had plenty of friends or colleagues who started out that way. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they become competition. And it's a weird dynamic and a very fine line. But Mm -hmm. I thought we could play a little game to get us started. And it's called competition or colleagues. So you let me know based on the scenario, whether that person, and there's no right or wrong. You let me know whether you would consider that person a competition or a colleague. Okay. All right. So the first one is you're in the practice room. You're struggling with the passage. You keep going over it. 10 minutes have gone by. And it's just this one passage that's really driving you bananas. You get through it and you're kind of like, okay, but you're not really pleased. And you hear someone else in the practice rooms, maybe next to you, across from you. But you decide, you know what, let me just ask another singer. Obviously, they sound like a singer. So you knock on the door, you politely say, hey, you know, I'm having trouble with this passage. Do you mind coming in and just listening to it and let me know what you think? So the person comes in, listens, gives you some really good feedback and feedback whether you you might use it, you may not, you might not, but it really helped just the fact that they were listening to you and he or she gives you feedback. So would you call that person a colleague or a competition? Colleague. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. I would say that too. Yeah. You too. Yeah. I feel like that. That especially because it's constructive and you asked for it. That is like right, right, and collegial. Yeah. I think like the only time that would ever cross into competition is if the feedback then was like derogatory or like not useful of your time. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Mm -hmm. But in general, yeah, I've I've done that. I've like 100% done that actually. Yeah, I think it's always helpful for some reason when I have trouble with a line and I ask another singer and they mm-hmm. kind of 
listen to it and give me their feedback. It just really helps. Okay, so the next one, competition or colleague. And let's see, a singer walks out of the audition before you go in. So you know when you're in a hallway and you're you're getting ready to go into this audition. He tells everyone how amazing he sounded. He did a great job. He impressed the judges. And he decides, he knows you're getting ready to go in next. He decides that he's going to sit there and listen to you. Like, I'll just, you know, I'll just wait around, act like I'm getting my stuff together. But really, I'm listening to Jordan. When you walk out, he says, oh, you did a great job, but then says, oh, that high note you sang was was a killer. You almost got it, though. You almost got it. When's your next gig? <laughs> Who's your voice teacher? Who's your agent? Who's yeah. your manager? <laughs> so would you call, consider that person colleague, but definitely competition? I would say competition. I mean, of course, like that's that's competition energy. That's that's the energy that they bring. Yeah, I feel like you can't trust it sometimes. We're going to call them an op. <laughs> All right. So when when you hear the word competent or colleague, what does that mean to you? Colleague. Colleague, I think, has a bunch of connotations to it. I mean, obviously, it's someone that you're like, general. I would say generally friendly with. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not necessarily friends with, but you have a good rapport with in a professional setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, you know, like your colleagues, that's a broad spectrum, right? So like some of your friends, you would consider also your colleagues. Like I have two really good friends that are both quite successful opera singers, but they're my colleagues and they're like my friends. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I would say that it also bears the weight of like m- maybe some distance sometimes. Like, for instance, like they might be my friend, but in a professional setting, I know how to have like a professional boundary relationship with them. Yeah. And I think that's the blanket term for all collegial relationships. Like if they're a colleague, you know that there are like certain boundaries that you have with them in a professional setting that it's different than just like being friends. So yeah, I think in general, it just comes down to like someone that you work with, or maybe not even have have had a show with, but someone that you know that maybe you could have the possibility of working with someday. And there's a general supportiveness, camaraderie type vibe there. When do you yeah. think that that line gets blurred and they start moving into the competition category? I think it's a matter of trust. I think it's whenever, whenever someone is unable to handle, like, for instance, your successes or your failures, right? Like in, in both directions, like a, a colleague is someone that owns their own space, right? So for instance, if you are successful at an audition for, let's say, like Santa Fe Opera, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm your colleague, and I know there are only a certain number of spots, and we're the same voice type, right? Let's just say arbitrarily we're the same voice type. Like you get in, I don't. Like I would be able to handle that without it affecting our relationship. The right. moment that, I mean, obviously, like internally, I might be upset or jealous because that's normal and that's natural human behavior I think in some ways but the the ability to say like okay this has nothing to do with me and everything to do with either the success or failure of this other person like when people can't handle that and it becomes personal it becomes like you know you're the one that's you know coming for me and my gig and my you know like my connection I think that's where people fall into the sort of competition category pretty readily and I think a lot of people do that much more than they think they do. Do you think a colleague can move into becoming a friend or do you think they should just stay in that colleague category? Maybe that's where I'm a little polarized. I think that like my vibe with people is usually pretty set from the beginning, even though I've been surprised, right? Like I've been in situations where I've been like, okay, this person's a colleague, like pretty strict boundaries, but then we end up being closer later on just because we go through things together. Excuse my noises. I'll repeat. It's my computer. I'm actually going to close this. 
Sorry. It's okay. I'll repeat that. So for your recording's sake, I've actually been, I've had experiences where, you know, certain colleagues then become friends of mine because we, because of the show or the experience we've gone through together in a show that brings us closer together. And I think that like certain colleagues, the more shows you do with them, the easier it is for them to become your friend. But sure. by and large, I'm a little polarized. I'm like sort of on the camp where like, if I'm like, if my immediate vibe with someone is just like, okay, this is a colleague, like, I don't know if I can fully vibe with them as a friend, mm-hmm. or if I don't know if I can fully trust them as a friend. Right. Really, it comes down to trust, I think. Then I, I don't really, I don't really cross that bridge, but I do sometimes. It's rare. I started thinking about this topic when I was highlighting African American opera singers who have made this significant contribution to the world of music and specifically opera. When I was researching Simon Estes, he was at Zurich Opera. And the director of Zurich Opera at the time, he invites Simon Estes to come in. He wants him to do this role. And Simon was just like, oh, you know what? Is that for next season? And the director said, yes, I'd like you to sing that. No, it was Macbeth. Yes, Mm. I'd like you to sing that role. And he said, well, I know my friend, I can't remember his friend's name. I know my friend is supposed to be singing that that role in the fall. So the director was just going to offer him. And it was really that moment of, and he said, well, you would turn this down. And he said, well, that's my friend. You know, I, I don't do things like that. And it just made me think about how many times I, or maybe you, other people have been in this situation where you're approached and you know that they're doing this production. And of course you would love to have that gig, mm-hmm. but I don't know how many people would actually be like, oh, you know what, that's going to, to, to Brie. And, you know, I wouldn't dare, you know, do that to her. Like, I don't think people would do that anymore. I don't think people would do that anymore either. Yeah, I think that's a shame, but I don't think people would do that anymore either. I also think that, like, that particular situation is indicative of sort of like an old world, you know, type of thing, because the, because the electronic communication really has changed. That's how true. We, how we do things and, like, casting decisions are made, but uh, you know, sort of behind clo- closed doors, ideally, but, you know, we all got ears and eyes to the ground, so I don't think that... It makes anything. me think of that whole, like, Wendy and Sherry Shepard thing, where, you know, she goes and hosts, and, you know, it's fine, she was great, everybody loved her, and then she gets offered Wendy's seat, basically, or the Showtime, or whatever it was, yeah. and I was kind of like, well, she, you know, she should take advantage of the opportunity she didn't do anything wrong they approached her but then it's kind of like wow if someone really had the the guts to say you know what this is Wendy's show her slot you know I kind of don't want any bad vibes on that whole thing Mm -hmm. and I really wonder like what I would have done in that situation I mean I've been in kind of in that situation before but you know it's business and would you do that I would not do that, but it has been done to me, actually. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, I was in a, a production, I'm going to just say it like it is, because they're gone, Loft Opera here in, in New York City. Uh-huh. They are, have, you know, they've been folded for many, many years, but I will not put the individual's name. He is still a friend of mine, but I do know what happened. He was offered a role that I was already cast in, and I remember thinking, well, a couple things. Like, I sort of knew that something was up because it was, like, during the summer, right you know like the, for the fall and it was all kind of last minute and I knew that they were, they were hearing people pretty quickly so I sent in my materials I sent in all my stuff 
And they sent me the casting decision pretty much right away. They're like, you know, we'd like to hire you for this role. And it was a role I'd done a bunch of, but then I remember like I was on the phone with a friend and he was with this other friend and he was like, well, I got, I got cast in this show. And I'm like, oh, interesting. In what role? You know what I mean? And it's like, so, but I know what you mean. Yeah. But the thing is like, I just, I decided to not say anything because I guess it didn't necessarily reflect poorly on him. It reflected more onto the opera company and how shady they were. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. It's it's not really his fault. I mean, granted, I hadn't told him. If I had told him, I don't know what he would have done. Mm -hmm. But it reflected on the opera company. And I think about Simon Estes and what a great friend he was because I don't know if the other, and maybe he would have, I don't know, if the other person would have done that for him but he's looking at it like it doesn't matter if the other person was going to do that for me or not all I can do is what I know to be right and for him he's like whatever I made you know how I slept at night was being like you know I can't do that to a friend so he wasn't even worried about the other person he was just like you know if he would do that to me then you know that's that's on him but he was literally saying you know I I just can't do it because I I wouldn't be able to sleep at night but man, yeah. that's a good friend because that's good friend. Well, this is <laughs> done to me. Like really, yeah, someone's like a really good moral compass, I would say. And I think, like by and large, most people, yeah, to your point, would not do that today. They don't. I remember years ago, and I was on tour, and my roommate and I, we became, we were colleagues, but we became um, pretty good friends, I guess, over the years. But when we were rooming together, I would set these auditions up in like every city I was, I would go and audition for whatever the opera company was. And this one time, I think like, God, at the time, this is how long ago it was, the Met Young Artist program mm. got my number. They call me, I, I think they called my parents or something. My parents call me. I said, just call them back and give them my number. They call the hotel room and my roommate picks up the phone. She takes the message. And of course, you know, she hears Metropolitan Opera, Young Artist Program. I don't think I got that message for a whole like five hours. She goes, oh, by the way, I wanted to let you know that they called. I get back to New York and she also had an audition. Oh my God. Oh yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't, you know, they can audition whomever they want. But it was just kind of like the thought of, wow, I know she didn't. I know she did not have an audition set up with them. And she just kind of got in there. And so that's, you know, that's the stuff. That's shady. That's shade. And so that was my first lesson in learning that. And especially being in the business. It it was crazy. It was nuts. That's wild. Um, Can't trust everybody. Can't trust everybody. I see you've handled it really well. What makes you a good colleague? I think it goes back to like what I was saying before. Like I handle my own stuff. Like I'm in my own, I I have my own lane, right? Like I stay in my own lane and I want the best for my friends, but I do the things for myself that Mm -hmm. are, you know, good for my own self-development and my own voice and my own career. And I think that like what makes me a good colleague is that I want that for other people as well. And I try to help out where I can, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I, I try to encourage that type of energy in my friends and colleagues as well, because I think we all just operate better that way. You know, when we're coming from a place of support instead of tearing people down, it is hard though, I will say, because certain people make it really hard to be a good colleague sometimes because, you know, if they're not great to work with, 
then sometimes it's hard to wish them the best. And I've been in situations where I feel like I have really tried to maintain my boundaries and sort of like, you know, my moral compass, right, around people that don't respect that in me. And I think what makes me the best colleague is that I stick to that, even though I'm not having a good time. Hmm. (laughs) Can you be friends or good colleague? Can you be friends with someone who's your same voice type? Do you have any friends that are? I think tenors, we have like a brotherhood, which is, you know, that's limiting, I should say, you know, because it's not, you know, but we have a we have a unity, I should say. That's good. That I think happens, especially with tenors of certain voice types, I guess, because I think we have an understanding of how hard it is to like understand how to do it is, how to do what what it is we do. But at the end of the day, like, is there always a line there where you're like, do I cross, you know, do I tell them all of the gigs that I get? Maybe not, but I have, I have like a handful of tenor friends that I would tell everything to, like. Stuff that goes wrong, happy, whatever. Yeah, because I them implicitly like off the top of my head like Dane Suarez I don't know if you know who he you know he and I have been friends for a really long time I tell Dane absolutely everything about my life Dane and I have sing similar reps sometimes you know but in general like I always look up to him and his singing and I always will and and yeah so it's like a it's just a really nice thing. Zach Wilder, he's another one where I'm like, you know, the minute that we met, we were just like absolutely friends and colleagues. And I just respect, I just respect the shit out of them. You know what I mean? Oh, like, that's awesome. That it comes down to, so. So it sounds like you've picked up some really good habits as far as just being a professional singer and being a colleague and knowing that kind of line can get blurred sometimes when they move into maybe the competition category. But what can you share with our listeners who struggle trusting their colleagues, you know, for fear that it may turn into a competition? I think it's hard. I think it's really, I think you're, I think you're wise to be wary, but I think when you, when you put your walls down, you have to be intentional about it. Right. So not necessarily, Uh, don't necessarily, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Don't necessarily broadcast that you're going to share something vulnerable all the time, but if you, want to tell someone something in confidence, I think it's important to be upfront about like how vulnerable it makes you feel. For instance, like the situation where you're asking someone for feedback, right? You know, like I have a couple of friends who are my friends and colleagues, but I don't necessarily know if I would ask them for feedback because I listen to how they talk about other singers and other people in different environments that we're in. And I think to myself, like, do I have a thick enough skin to handle that kind of feedback from them directly? Or do I you know, do I have to be sensitive around that? So what's helped me the most is gauging, you know, like when I go into interact with someone in that way saying, look, this, this is really vulnerable for me, but I want to ask you something and I want you to be honest with me. And I would hope that you don't go and tell other people. If that person does go and tell other people and is shady about the whole thing, then you, you know, you're going to have to like reassess where you put your trust, but that doesn't mean you don't trust everyone ever. You know what I mean? So you have to like be discerning, but broadcast the vulnerability first is a good way to put it because people can't disrespect that human element. You know what I mean? That's so true. That's so yeah. true. Well, you were wonderful to speak with today. Thank you so much. And please tell our listeners where they can get in touch with you and find you. I know you have some great TikTok. Oh, I do. Oh, thank you. Likewise. Thank oh my you. God. I'm <laughs> loving your TikTok presence. TikTok specifically, I'm Jordan W. Pitts across all platforms really instagram as well tenor jordan w pitts as well and on twitter but yeah jordan w pitts that's awesome yeah that's awesome 
Well, thanks again, Jordan, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And thanks again to our partners, Wild Skin Science. Remember to shop the show notes see below this link. And I use my code BreeCooperMetso at checkout for an additional 10% off. I do know that they're having a sale up to 75% off if you go to wildskinscience.com. And I love their products because they're all natural. They have things like apple, cide, apple cider vinegar face scrub, which is nice. And it comes with this like nice applicator brush. And if you'd like to follow me on social media, you can do so via Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Brie Cooper, Mezzo Soprano, as well as Harbor for the Arts. I have a blog on my website, which is BrieCooper.net. And don't forget, I'm a verified Spotify artist. And please follow my community on Spotify. And that's it for today. And thank you so much, Jordan. You are amazing. Do you have any other upcoming gigs coming up? That's what I was going to ask you. Oh, yeah. I'm Next month, I'm with the Boston Camerata again, doing Dino and Aeneas. After oh, that's that, awesome. Yeah. After that, I'll be with the Buffalo Philharmonic doing a magic flute. And then I'll be back in Minnesota with an opera theater doing their Divas and Drag concert. Then I'm in Italy. But catch up all my updates on jordanwpits.com. You can see everything there. Oh, that's awesome. What are you going to be doing in Italy? Are you going to do a role there? Yes, and I'm teaching at the Narnia Festival Arts Program. You're doing an amazing job, so keep it up. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was so great to see you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, honey.